Mutant Musings presents Disney's Fantasia. Welcome to episode 20 of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the middle of October 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my PhD. Hattie hates dairy. Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. You're not actually going to leave us a review, are you? Oh, no. Come on, people. Don't make Jonathan sad. It's fine. I'll just stay in bed. You can save a Jonathan from the sad by leaving us a review on whatever podcast app you use. Time for mutant snoozings. No, it takes 30 seconds to leave us a review. You're all mutant cruisings for some mutant bruisings. Patty, don't threaten the listeners. This isn't mutant abusings. But we're so mutant amusings. And that's why you should all leave us a nice review. And speaking of snoozings, don't fall asleep during the show or else Patty might draw a dick on your face. But falling asleep to us is a dickhead thing to do. To be fair, they are all getting dick in their ears right now. So they're dickheads either way. How about Jonathan writes an intro where we threaten and then insult our listeners? But there's dick coming from our mouth, so I guess that makes us dickheads too? <laughs> this whole bit seemed better in my head. Dickhead? There's your explicit content warning. No, we love you all. We're not threatening you. I mean, and unless you want a dick on your head, then, you know, Patty can do that, but... I will absolutely do that if if you pass out. Patty's a good artist. I am not a good artist. Patty's good at drawing dicks. Patty's a good <laughs> dick artist. <laughs> How you doing, Patty? I am alive. How well, are you? I'm, I'm okay. We went to New York Comic Con last we weekend. We sure did. We, we sure did. Yeah, so we went, to, uh, we went to New York Comic Con. It was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, you know, there weren't... Uh, Nearly as many panels as in the past, which meant no late panels, which meant us not getting home at 1 a.m. So that's okay. Yeah. But, you know, it meant no Marvel, DC, not that we care about DC too much or or other things. But it was still a really good time. Really good time. A lot of great cosplays. We met some really nice people like the Power of X-Men podcast and the X-Wife podcast. Went out with them. It was a good time. And, uh, And we talked to a lot of great people and great artists. And I bought some of their posters, and I still have to make time to put it up. And if you follow us on social media, you'll see all that when I eventually put it up. Patty, you should take pictures, too. Okay. Yeah, because Patty got some stuff, too. I did get some stuff. It was a really good time, Patty. Uh, we saw Jackie Cox from, from RuPaul's Drag Race. And Patty got a picture with, with Jackie, and that was great. I was very anxious. I, didn't, I froze up and didn't know what to say or do. But I'm happy for Patty. I got excited. I asked her to give me a hug, and she gave me a hug. So that was nice. Uh, let's see. We ate a bunch of junk. I drank a bunch of junk. I had a uh, bubble tea coffee uh, with with balls, not without the balls. I had the the bubbles. Yeah, you were always you never get a bubble tea with me. You always get like smoothies or something because you're afraid of balls. Okay, well, Patty, this time I had the balls. Okay, yeah, and you know and what? Guess what? The balls were good. The balls were good. Jo- I, I'm I've been telling you this for so many years now. Jonathan has been wrong all this time. At least the coffee. I don't Jonathan know- wrong all along. <laughs> I don't know if all the balls are good, but at least coffee balls are good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if uh, if we go for for bubble stuff again, I will get coffee balls. And uh, and we met we met Nicieza and Claremont, and we'll talk more about that when we get to comics. I don't know how this episode really is going to go. All I know is that we're going to tell you everything there is possibly to know about Fantasia, which is not a lot, <laughs> which is not a whole lot. But I I will say this. Okay, so so there are podcasts to talk about new comics to talk about old comics to talk about cartoons to talk about movies all these different x-men things but what podcast in existence has ever had a fantasia episode this one this one we are the only <laughs> one that is going to bring you a fantasia episode 
So that's what we're going to talk about. Okay, so my first experience with Fantasia was seeing her on the cover of X-Force 5. Um, I think the cover date, yeah, the cover date of that one was December 91. And it was uh, it was just a, a shot of the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So you had Toad, you had Blob, you had Pyro, you had Sauron, and you had Fantasia. And yeah, that, that cover absolutely blew my mind. That started my love of Pyro and of mutants in general. And uh, and funny funny note about this this issue though, Fantasia wasn't on the inside. She was only on the cover, not on the inside. Liefeld didn't draw her anywhere inside. What a rude! Yeah, a very rude and very sexist. But you know, I mean, it's Rob Liefeld. Yes, we're going to be talking a bit about about the Rob Liefeld. Uh, unfortunately, uh, regardless of your opinions of his art, whether you like it or hate it, or feet or faces or boobs <laughs> or whatever you want to say about his art, in, in my opinion, maybe some of it is nostalgia. Not all of his art back then was terrible there were some panels some designs that were cool look at the original design designs were cool look at the designs of like the original mutant liberation front yeah they were awesome they were awesome even fantasia's look was was just wild it it was amazing the way he drew pyro on the cover again i I fell in love but of course he is a giant motherfucking douchebag (laughs) tell us how you really feel jonathan (laughs) He, he is just a fucking awful human being and i wish he would just go away just just go away rob please please stop um, Which is funny because he worked a lot with Nisieza, and Nisieza is the nicest the sweetheart you'll nicest, ever meet. The nicest man. Oh my god, he is so fucking nice. I cannot believe just how opposite they are in personality. And also, he's like, you know, like everybody, you know, wants to talk about these comics that I wrote like thirty years ago, and I don't care about those anymore. And I wrote those, you know, like half my life ago, and now I'm writing novels. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I will read almost anything that you write, so I am going to buy your novel. Sure. And it's called Suburban Dicks. Dicks. If you guys are interested, that is, uh, it's a mystery novel. Dicks. Uh, that is the kind of stuff that he's working on now. He's also working on a webcomic with Riley Brown, who is also very, very nice man. Yeah. Uh, he did Cable and Deadpool with Nisieza yeah. uh, towards the end of that volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a nice guy. I haven't checked out that comic yet, but what's it called? Outlast? Outrage. Out- Outrage? Yeah. Uh, it's digitally online, and there's a Kickstarter now for a print copy. So, I mean, we're not uh, affiliated with that, but <laughs> <laughs> but I just figured uh, if you guys are Nisieza fans... That's a thing that you can look into. Yeah, and Outrage has been around for a few years already. And and I remember we, we f- first heard about that a few years ago at Comic-Con yeah. from Riley Brown. And I'm like, oh, this thing is digital only. I only buy physical comics. Blech. So, like, I didn't care at the time. But, you know, That's now... That's how I am with video games. Yeah, but... I won't buy video games if they're <laughs> digital only. <laughs> but uh, but now, you know, now that I'm digital only, like, it's it's it just makes perfect sense. I'm Plus, fine I've, with it. I've read some of the... Uh, <sighs> I don't remember what series it was. It was a mini that Riley Brown did, uh, and it was digital, and hmm. it was actually like a moving comic. Oh, like oh, oh, yeah, like comic? like you would click it, and then another panel would just like interact with the last one. It was like really cool. That is cool. So I don't know if this is the same way, but it might be better on uh, on the internet because they did eventually print that comic too, and it wasn't as you know. Oh, of course. Cool. Yeah, all right. So so back to Fantasia. Her first appearance was on the cover, and she actually had brown hair. Now, inside the issue, this was just, this had nothing to do with Fantasia. Like I said, she didn't appear. It was just Toad putting together a new brotherhood. They show Carl Lycos coming home to his longtime love, Tanya. They've been together since, like, 
one of his first appearances in the 60s, and Totem Blob are waiting for him, and they force him to drain Tanya's life force, so he becomes Sauron. And uh, according to, I, I think it was Minimated that told me on, on Instagram that told me months ago that this led some people back in the day to speculate that Tanya became Fantasia. Fantasia didn't even receive a first name until a couple of years later. So I guess I could see that. Um, but it, and, and they didn't show like her lifeless body at the very end of the issue. It was just like, there was this weird energy glowing around her. And it was just, I guess, implied that she was dead. And I thought that was interesting. I never even thought that, you know, that Tanya could have possibly been Fantasia. I thought she thought that she just showed up out of nowhere and she kind of did. She really did. Yep. Uh, the first time you see her on they they can't have it just be a sausage fest. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but but the thing that strikes me about about Liefeld's art, aside from the obvious um, Liefeld style, is how you would have a lot of his villains smiling. And Toad, they had so many, many teeth. teeth. Toad was always smiling. Every Toad, panel. Toad has 75 teeth. Toad was the happiest boy. That no, was- no, no. Okay, so I... Okay, it could have been effective if they had the right amount of teeth. <laughs> because, like, he was smiling, like, maliciously. And I think that really worked and it gave him like this feeling like, you know, he was up to no good. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, just from him being the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, that he's a bad guy and he's up to no good. But like that kind of effect, it works really well. I mean, there was a, you remember seeing that guy in the mask at Comic-Con and I said that was a villain from Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. And it was just like a doctor who was like smiling really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. And like Change. Joker does that all the time too. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know, this this wasn't long after the 89 Batman movie and it looked like Jack Nicholson got to all of them. But, you know, this isn't a Joker story. This isn't DC. This is Marvel. Liefeld, change up your facial expressions every once in a while. I get what you're saying. It's just, it's, it's weird because it wasn't just Toad either. You know, no, Ma- I know. I'll, and it wasn't just Liefeld either, because I yeah. noticed that in the other issues that we read, too, because <laughs> it was in uh, Sleepwalker or something or Darkhawk. I forget which one. But not only were they always smiling and also like Blob was, too, which was really weird. Really weird. But they were also like salivating in all of the panels. Yeah. They had like drool on all of them. That's what evil people do. Evil people drool on themselves. <laughs> I don't know. Also, Blob had really long teeth in some of the panels yeah. in, in Darkhawk. But yeah, so so Fantasia is literally the only character here you've, you've never seen before. And she's just standing there. And now inside the book, she has white hair. On the cover of number five, she's got brown hair. Inside number six, she's got white hair. This is going to come back. They couldn't really decide on the hair color, the proper hair color of Fantasia. Well, it's like JoJo. But any, <laughs> in any case, Toad wants, uh, to, wants the Morlocks to throw in with the Brotherhood. And Mass isn't really interested. Thorn who we find out is Feral's sister. She She's interested, but so is, Toad says that, oh, we'll take down X-Force as an act of charity for the Morlocks to show that, you know, we're good and we're capable because Cable killed one of them in New Mutants number 100. He killed this guy, Brute. So in any case, X-Force are all hanging out, training outside. Uh, Pyro and Blob attack Siren. Sauron carry Shatterstar away. And it's just funny because this Brotherhood thinks that they can take down X-Force. X-Force, who, sure... You know, they're, they're, they're good mutants and about Xavier's dream, but they're also, you know, a little kill-happy sometimes. That's not a the phrase. They just, you know, kill sometimes. As I just said, Cable fucking just killed Brute. So, but I also think that the Brotherhood Morlocks team-up could be really cool. It, it could. It could I be. I mean, because the Morlocks, 
at this point are more of bad guys than good guys are just trying to live their life or whatever. Yes. I mean, we've seen them be bad before. You know, Mask, until Krakoa, basically, he has always been a bad guy. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, obviously some of them are just wanting to live their life. Some of them are, you know, better than others. Uh, you know, Callisto, she started respecting them once Storm beat her. What a wild time the 80s were. So, you know, this, this fight continues into uh, X-Force number seven. And Fantasia is with Mask and Thorn. And she says that she's harmonizing. Uh, electronic wavelength imprint reads out here under the brush. So you kind of can get that she can sense X-Force's base in the mountain as if she is uh, sensing machinery. And it's interesting because she, you see her floating and inside the cloak that she wears, it's just black. She's she's almost completely purple. Her mask, it's got a couple of, of points on the top and bottom and it's like curved, but it's purple. You can't see much of her face except for her mouth and her hair. Um, her cloak is also purple. A lot of the time you see her, she's got this yellow sort of like skull, graffiti skull, not like a proper anatomically correct skull. It's like a graffiti skull and it's yellow and it's on the front of her cloak and it splits down the middle. But a lot of the time too, you can't see her limbs, um, especially when she's floating. Her cloak is just open and it's just black inside. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a void. Cloak, it's weird. Basically. Literally, yeah, literally like cloak. Which is cool because then th- that's the way of showing that she is menacing without making her <laughs> constantly smile. Because yeah. she's already mysterious and, you know, kind of like, oh, like, uh, not scary looking, but maybe intimidating. Yeah. I don't know. Just the way that she floats around without any limbs sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. It is very menacing. That's that's very true. Also, you see that her word balloons are slightly different. It's like a little lightning bolt towards her mouth or face or whatever instead of you know sort of a curvy triangle at the tip indicating that she has sort of a weird voice but in in any case fantasia mask and thorn get inside the hangar x-force's hangar when cable cannonball domino boom boom and feral find them and it's like okay well they're they're fucked and fantasia says that she can only disrupt the guidance systems in cable's rep weaponry for so long so okay so she's like donatello who does machines and is also purple. I get that reference. How do you like that? So Fantasia doesn't just sense machines. Um, she can also disrupt machines, uh, which, you know, it's how they got into the hangar. Uh, and she can disrupt Cable's weaponry. So a fight starts happening, right? Thorn turns out the lights. Fantasia goes after Cable, and he directs Sam to attack her. And so this was interesting. He flies right into her cloak, and she literally throws him out and comments that um, she's disrupted his body's bioelectric field, and this should throw some kinks in his blast field for the next 10 minutes or so. So she's kinky, first of all. And second of all, so all right, so, so now we're- and Also, he has a field. Yeah. Why does he have a field? It's his blast field. And it's a bioelectric field. Yeah. It's a bioelectric field. Do we all have bioelectric fields? According to Fantasia. Okay. <laughs> Where is mine about? Uh, let me search for it later, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of ideas. Um, yeah, all right. Just within this one issue, we're getting a, 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 a somewhat of a decent sense of her powers without her actually stating, yeah, hi, my name's Fantasia. This is what I do. Yeah, because usually... Uh, I forget what time it was. I think it was later. 
that they would like put the little box near the characters yes. the first time they appeared in the issue. And yeah. They'd be like, Fantasia, she can disrupt echo the fields. Yeah. She can sense electricity. Electromagnetic. Whatever. Fields, Patty. I don't know what the fuck the difference is. She just has a field day. I'm not an electrician. <laughs> So she can she can basically uh, short circuit people's powers. Yes, but it is different from Leech, who just takes your powers for a little bit. Yeah, but he can't use them. He just drains you. Just no power. Yeah, uh, but she can also use this on humans too, because the electromagnetic spectru- spectrum is all around us. I suppose. Oh, it's like God. He's everywhere. Yeah. So Fantasia controls God. So what does that say about Fantasia? Mega God. Yeah. God too. <laughs> so um yeah she can also use it to paralyze people so so that's interesting but in any case she she does short out uh sam's power and he fucks around and goes after sauron and uh sauron stabs him and it looks like sam is gonna die sam died sam died yeah and uh and cable's like don't worry boom boom he's not dead and she's like he's not breathing save him and he's like don't worry about it he's yeah. he's uh death isn't death is temporary yeah uh because in x-force 9 uh where, where this story continues cable is saying to himself um as he's like carrying sam you were supposed to be a high lord a high lord patty yes sam the high lord yes i uh <laughs> i don't remember if uh the high lords were discussed or introduced or anything yet and we were just supposed to be like huh i wonder what that means mm-hmm. externals uh this yeah. is externals yeah uh <laughs> And there was never a reason given for why. He just thought that it was him. Because he's from uh, the future. He was supposed to be a high lord. He knows. Cable knows. Just this whole thing didn't make sense. And it, it, it was never resolved. It just kind of went away because nobody wanted to address it again. Right. When we were talking to Nisieza about this stuff, he brought that up. And, and he was like, uh, yeah, Rob had plans for all that. But God forbid he'd actually ever tell any, anyone about his plans <laughs> for this. So I'm glad that this went nowhere. <laughs> I told him about, um, it was a few years ago, Brisson uh, did a few issues of Cable and uh somebody i forget the exact details because it did focus on on the externals somebody mentioned sam and was like wasn't sam supposed to be an external and cable was like no that was a rumor nothing more i told nisieza and nisieza was like i'm so glad i'm so glad somebody did that it was so stupid so then there was absolutely no reason that sam uh came back to life and was like his chest and was like oh hey guys and all this time when when cable was trying to convince boom boom that everything was okay and sam was gonna come back to life he's just like laying there dead and he's like well i guess i was wrong sorry boom Boom." uh so x-force takes out thorn uh sauron blob and pyro are outside fighting fantasia thinks that they're screwed uh, and she says, hmm, I'm out of here. Ciao. And before she even gets away, Shatterstar runs Mask through with his sword and <laughs> lifts him in the air. She, uh, and, and I'm wondering, like, how did Fantasia actually get away? Because, like, in the final panel, she's shown, like, floating off to the side while Shatterstar is holding up Mask's lifeless body. So, yeah. But she said, ciao. And I guess just left left them all. So, so yeah, that was it. That was... This is all part of Fantasia's introduction in X-Force by Anisieza and Liefeld, and it was kind of interesting, and uh, this is where you get your Sam as an external bullshit from. I always thought that Fantasia's powers were really confusing, and I wish that they just gave like a more kind of specific breakdown, I guess. I don't know if that's phrased right. No, that's but, phrased like, right. But if they said, 
this is exactly what her power is. Like, you know, Sam tells us all the time that he's not invulnerable when he's blasting. <laughs> and it's the, the psychic manifestation of whatever. It's the, the total focus, the, focus totality of my <laughs> so, psychic whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you want Fantasia to have a catchphrase No, like I don't that? want her to have a catchphrase, but at least have her say something once. <laughs> or if you don't have her say it, at least put it like on that little square panel thing. I'm a bioelectric bitch, bitch. Yeah, like, what does bioelectric mean? I don't know. I'm stupid. Bio is life. No. Electric, what? Like, biology? Yeah, I know, but I don't, okay. (laughs) That's, to me, like, saying life force. What the fuck does that mean? Who says life force? They say that in comics. (laughs) Oh, he's draining his life force. Yeah. What does that mean? His heart? (laughs) He's draining his blood? His brain is... And yours, I don't know. I don't know. The bioelectric thing, it doesn't make sense to me. I know I've heard it before in like medicine terms, but I don't know what it means. Okay, fine. All right. So. Also, I think this is the first and only time that Swaron has actually done anything. That's not true. He did when he first appeared in the 60s. It was okay. actually pretty badass. It was scary. And the art, at least in those issues, it was actually a decent, a really fucking decent story. For 60s X-Men stories, the Sauron story. It's and a true. And too. What was that? Neil Adams, I, I think. I feel like he's never really hurt anybody other than this. Oh, he became he a gets, joke. Yeah, he gets taken out, like, really quick. Yeah. This is the only time he killed somebody that I know of, but it was for, like, five minutes. Yeah. Uh, Sauron eventually just became more of a joke than anything else. But Fantasia is mentioned in X-Force number 10. Um, where this this X Force story continues, the the team has Sauron unconscious, and uh, Cable wants Domino to take Shatterstar and Boom Boom to join Siren and look for Fantasia and Pyro, who are still on the loose. And then uh, after that, you've got Cable going through a list of X Force's enemies and having the team discuss the best ways to attack them. This is in X Force Annual. So on the computer, you see Fantasia, and again. She has brown hair as opposed to these in-comic appearances where she's got white hair. So way to be consistent. Maybe that thing on her head is a wig. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of hair compared to everybody else. So it could be a wig. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and white and brown aren't the only colors of her hair that we will see in her history. <laughs> it's a fun time. Maybe Jonathan, she- I dye my hair. <laughs> yeah, but do you dye your hair from brown to white? To blonde, to brown. I have. To what? Fine. All right. So uh, the Brotherhood and Fantasia next show up in X-Factor Volume 1, number 82. I love this cover. It's by Joe Quesada. And it's got Pyro uh, with a very evil smile on his face. There's some more smiles for you. uh, Holding Havoc, who looks very scared and upset. And it's a very nice cover. And I like it a whole lot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Sauron... Uh, is wounded, but he escaped from X-Force. There's a boatload of of mutants, and the military is guarding it. And uh, Sauron wants to find the Brotherhood and and tell them about it. So apparently these mutants on the boat are from Genosha. Remember Genosha? Yeah, remember Genosha? It's Uh, like the opposite of Krakoa. Yeah, right? Uh, But they're being told by the United States that they can't be granted asylum because that whole situation in Genosha has been resolved. Um, But still, these mutants don't want to go back. Um, so they're just kind of stuck there. So in any case, the Brotherhood attacked the guards outside the boat because they want these mutants and, and want them to join the Brotherhood's ranks. 
And, you know, some of them seem to want to join. Some of them don't. One of them's like, yes, we're desperate. But why are we going to throw in with a team that has evil in the name? That's exactly. very funny. Toad's just like, it's ironic. Look, <laughs> we're not evil. <laughs> Another one of those refugees just says, who cares? They're coming to our aid when the U.S. government wants to turn us away. I wonder if there's a metaphor in there somewhere, Patty. Hmm. I wonder if there's something in there that rings true still, like 30 years later. Maybe. I don't know. But then Quicksilver shows up, and it's great because Fantasia stops him, like literally in his tracks. So Toad literally kicks him off the boat. So that was fun. As if Quicksilver isn't grumpy enough. Uh, that was funny. And it's funny because Quicksilver used to be on this team. That is funny. Patty, I'm so stupid. I didn't even fucking think of that. <laughs> I like He was literally on the team with Toad. Yeah. Why did I just completely blank on that? <laughs> I'm so dumb. Uh, and and it's it's weird. I kind of just thought of it kind of recently. I feel like the original brotherhood kind of had like a reason. Um I don't feel like this brotherhood has a reason for existing. They don't have like okay, what is their like ultimate goal? What is their mission statement? Exactly. What is their modus operandi? What is your mission and vision? Exactly. What mission your, statement, vision statement. They're they're different, what are your but they're the same thing. What are your quality goals? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Who's in charge of your human resources department? What's your five-year goal? <laughs> What's your 10-year goal? Do you offer 401k? <laughs> <laughs> How much vacation do you offer? <laughs> yeah, but so so this is neat. So, you know, we're seeing that Fantasia is actually very useful and potentially very powerful. Again, her her last uh, major contribution in her in the first arc where she appeared, she you know almost got Cannonball killed, except he was an external briefly. But that like legitimately would have killed him, right? Here you've got Quicksilver, who you know because of his super speed is an enormous threat. And again, she just stops him right in his fucking tracks. That's awesome. Unfortunately, I mean she's a villain. And how often are we are we going to see villains win? Not very often. So the rest of X-Factor shows up, and they're fighting the Brotherhood, and Fantasia's contribution is literally nothing until Lorna blasts her. She just stands there. And this isn't the last time that this is going to happen. Uh, so I really, th- I think that it's it's possible that writers didn't really know what to do, or... They just wanted to nerf it a little bit because it's like, okay, she's a villain. We don't really want her turning off everybody's mutant power so they can get killed. Or they would just be like, oh, fuck it. Who cares about this weird lady we know nothing about? She's just going to stand there until a hero takes her out. Yep. Because like Nisieza told us that, you know, Rob came up with all these really cool designs, which again, true, but didn't do anything, didn't develop really any of these characters. They were just essentially bodies on a page. And again, that's that's very true. And unfortunately, no other writers really did much with her. But again, it's a brotherhood of evil mutants. They've got Toad leading them. Like, how big of a threat are they really going to be? Now, the, the interesting thing here is, is you don't really see much of her with the cloak open and any limbs. <laughs> uh, it's again, like we said, she's like cloak in that it's it's almost like her her limbs aren't there. But... In this issue, when she gets knocked out by Lorna, you see arms and legs, but the drawing is shadowy. It's like in sort of the background of the panel. And obviously the Brotherhood are defeated. So that's that. They they never get their win. 
After that, she had a minor appearance in X-Men Volume 2, number 12. Uh, she was just part of a Danger Room training for Jubilee. So the Fantasia that showed up was a hologram. Again, she had brown hair. Xavier was controlling this simulation and had Blob grab and kiss Jubilee. That was gross. As Xavier would. Yep. <laughs> and Wolverine interrupts and yells at Xavier about not helping him find out about his past. Ah, oh, my past! And the next appearance is in Dirk Hawk, Volume 1, Number 19, from September of 1992. Do you guys remember Dark Hawk? Because I sure don't. If you say this a certain way, it sounds like Dark Cock. Dark Cock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Also, when I was telling Jonathan what comic I was reading, I kept wanting to say Darkwing. And I was just <laughs> thinking Darkwing Duck. <laughs> His name is Darkwing Duck. He's all. He also wears purple. He does. <laughs> and he has a mask. Let's get to- dangerous, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> to disguise that he's a duck. Maybe that's why Darkhawk also has a suit on to disguise that he's a duck. Are you okay? <laughs> that's very funny to me. Thank you. To disguise that he's a duck. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if Dark Hawk wasn't really this this dude underneath the suit. If he was just if he was just a fucking ducked pretending to be a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So she has brown hair on the cover. Yeah. But inside it's white. It's white. So she is like a JoJo, I guess. So the Brotherhood are fighting. Empire goes to burn blob. But Fantasia turns off his power. Uh, Toad brings up Darkhawk on the computer and says that in New York City is their key to vengeance. To vengeance, right? Uh, so, so yeah, and what a weird crossover. This so okay. So this this story is stupid, but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is just this is just like the perfect example of like nineteen nineties comics. Really, it's just it's it's dumb. The story is not great. The art is meh, but anyway. But they also have to churn out like, you know, 100 titles a month. That's why Darkhawk had a fucking ongoing. Yeah. And so did Sleepwalker. <laughs> yeah. Who the oh, fuck we'll get is to that him. too? We'll get to uh, him. Whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. So so there's this character who goes by Portal, which is which is great. See, you, now you know what he does. You know he what he name. does. Yeah, you know what you he know does. You know what Multiple Man does too. He you does do. multiple men. And you know what Storm... <laughs> You know what Storm does too. She storms. Yep. All right. All right. Good. You, yeah, know, that's you why know what Cyclops does. That, that's He's got why. One eye. <laughs> that's why I heard uh, this thing that like it was some post on the internet or whatever that like if your power was like fire or something, you would wear like blue just to throw them off. Yeah. Because they would assume you're a water guy, but you're not a water guy. That's why I had such a hard time fighting pseudo widow when I was a kid because he looks like a tree. Well, his name is Pseudo Widow, so he's not a tree. Pseudo. Pseudo Widow. Pseudo is your clue. Yeah, so I always, you know, attacked him with fire, and I was like, why is it not very effective? He's a tree. Pseudo. I got very upset about that. He's actually rock type. That fucker. This is why I don't like Pokemon. I'm just kidding. Pokemon is good. So, So Portal breaks into this place to steal some weapons. Apparently, they were his weapons. The government stole it from him, and he's trying to get them back. 
And there's these dudes in green called the Guardsmen. Very clever name. Uh, they trap Portal in an electrified net. But the Brotherhood show up. Uh, Fantasia turns off the electricity from the electrified net. Sauron cuts him free. And they tell him that they're on his side. And they even help. They start fighting the Guardsmen they're going after. Uh, Fantasia disrupts their armor functions. Uh, Sauron and Toad each kill one. Dope. Okay. Portal is a little scared, though, so he he runs away before they can go after him. And then uh, Darkhawk shows up and stops the Brotherhood from killing any more of the Guardsmen. And then Spider-Man shows up. So we got, uh, we got this awesome 90s superhero team up. Spider-Man is everywhere. Spider-Man is everywhere. So Blob catches up to Portal, who has his own Darkhawk armor, I guess. Sure, why not? And Blob tells him they want they want him to open up dimensional doors. So, okay, so he's a teleporter, and they want a teleporter well, his on his name's side. Portal. His name's Portal. They want a portaler on their side. And uh, the MLF has one, so it's only fair. Yeah, everyone should have a teleporter. They come in handy every once in a while. And outside, Pyro has Spider-Man and Dark Hawk surrounded by flames, and I'm thinking, like, all right, so if Fantasia does machines, why can't she turn off Dark Hawk's armor, right? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very rusty in my Dark Hawk knowledge. The the one Dark Hawk stand who listens to us right now is probably explaining it, and it's fine. You can come at me and mansplain it to me. I won't even mind. But I'm like, why can't Fantasia just turn off the armor? It's like an alien technology thing, but, but still. But is it bioelectric? Is it bioelectric? I don't know. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Uh, but also I'm thinking like, I'm like, can't she sense, she can sense machines too. Can't she sense that Spidey has web shooters and turn those off? You would think. You would think. I would think. And now you would you, think. And now you're all thinking about it. Why couldn't she do that? But they did have to nerf her. Otherwise she exactly. would be unstoppable. The unstoppable so... purple lady. I love her. Yeah. And even though it's implied uh, in in other books that we're going to talk about that she is the most powerful one on the team, mm-hmm. I feel like they can't really show that she's too powerful. Why? Because then she would be more powerful than the good guys. Yeah. But then that would just be more of a of a challenge, and it would be more engaging. Yeah. I agree. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. They didn't really want to make villains too strong. Certain villains. I mean, obviously... Like the teams, I guess. Yeah, I mean, certain villains are always going to be super strong. You I know? mean, like, Tempo could have been, Oh, like, God, yeah. You know, OP, but, like, she was never written like that. Yeah, I mean, like, the MLF, legitimately, they could have killed X-Factor when they met. Oh, yeah. If she, had, if she really had exerted herself, like, they all could have just, you know, literally been killed um, by the rest of the team while she slowed down time a lot. Uh, but you're 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 absolutely right. But they weren't considered like the big bads, so it's not going to be like you know. Oh, the MLF comes along. We're about to fucking lose Wolverine. We're about to lose Cyclops. They're going to die. That sort of thing. Yeah, because at this time it was like, uh, what's his name, Garrick, Gyrick, Gyrick. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse. Uh, what was his name? No, like the, uh, yeah. the the fucking guy that found X Factor, who turned out to be a bad guy. Oh, Cameron Hodge. Yeah, like, those were, like, the big bads, I guess. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, and that's just, you know, for for mutants. I mean, think about, like, Dr. Doom or something, oh, like, on yeah. his level. 
you know, those are going to be like bigger threats. These characters were just created to be body. I said earlier, there are characters to be bodies on a page, something for the heroes to fight, like the Mutant Liberation Front, like yeah, the Brotherhood of get, Evil Mutants. And, and get, you know, defeated within like a few pages exactly. between two issues so yeah. that the rest of the story can be devoted to Scott and Jean or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, in a way, it stinks for me, a lover of D-list characters who, you know, when I was a kid and I saw these fucking Liefeld creations and I'm like, this character looks cool. That character looks cool. Oh my God. You know, and, and now, you know, this And is... that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to get kids wanting to get comics. But like, you know, then as I grow up and I become a not so well adjusted adult, I'm like, I want more. What about this character? What's this character's backstory? I need to know. Yeah, and we'll never <laughs> fucking get anything more because everybody is creating their own characters now. We're never going to see Fantasia again. Uh uh-uh, uh, we will. 100% we will. We are going to see Fantasia again. Are we going to get a deep backstory? Are we going to get a big spotlight or super uh, complex character development? No, not at all. But we will see Fantasia Why again. Why are you so sure about that? I'm, I, just, I just am. I just, I just am. Patty, there are not too many things in my life that I am super positive about, like work. <laughs> but let me have this. <laughs> let me have my hope about Fantasia. All right. We are going to well, see her again. Well, tell the writers to stop making their own fucking characters because I want to see more of Tabby too. <laughs> so anyway, Fantasia doesn't turn off any of the technology. Uh, Darkhawk dives through the flames and headbutts Pyro. Portal comes to help actually, and takes down Sauron, so he doesn't seem to be wanting to throw in with the Brotherhood. He wants to throw in with the heroes. Darkhawk even I-beams Fantasia. I'm like, come on. Uh, Blob comes to rescue the team who are starting to lose. He he comes in in a car, and they, they all get away. All of a sudden, Sleepwalker appears, right? Isn't that great? Sleepwalker. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't really follow the plot of the story, but it it is uh, basically irrelevant because it was stupid. Um, and it continues in the next issue of Dark Hawk, uh, number 20. The Brotherhood do find Portal, and Sauron uses his hypnotic power on, on him. And you can tell it's working. They demonstrate that it's working because Portal is completely standing still as Pyro is shooting fire at his feet. And they get Portal to make a portal, but it doesn't go where they want. They are looking for this weapons facility because they want weapons because they're evil. Yeah, and, they uh, said they could uh, take out uh, X-Factor with this. Yeah, but they end up in Times Square. And, you know, they were just fighting the heroes in New York City. And so the heroes find them again. Yeah, Sleepwalker uses, uses his warping ability and makes a bunch of stuff on the street trap Toad and Fantasia. And Fantasia says, he's powerful. But then she just turns his power off. Just like cases like him are why you have Fantasia in the group. And I'm like, hell yeah, go Fantasia. Um, and Sleepwalker's like, I would never have thought it possible on this plane. Meaning he's from a different plane. <gasps> Snakes on a of plane. Of existence? Sleepwalker on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some purple on him too, Sleepwalker. Some purple. A Is lot it... of a lot of villains like purple. There's also uh uh Who else? Um besides Darkwing Duck. Why the fuck can't I think of his name? Green Goblin? Mm-hmm. Green Goblin does. Prowler. <laughs> why are you laughing? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> What's his name? The guy that I said, why the fuck did they make a figure of him? Puma. <laughs> does, wait, does Puma? Puma have purple? Puma, no. He is like yellow, orange, red-ish. had purple on him. I don't think so. I'm literally boys. fucking wearing Gorgeous George right now. Gorgeous George is purple. 
Oh, it's it's red slash purple. It's a it's That's a company. Not purple. Okay, it's it's more red than purple. So take back my Puma comments. Borderline maroon, but not. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Sentinels are purple. Sentinels are purple. Wow, purple. Magneto. Magneto, yeah. Magneto's got purple. Oh, wow. Purple is a fucking popular color. Thanos. Yeah. Damn. Why the fuck? I don't... Uh. All right. Anyway. So, you know, it it, it it doesn't matter what the villains do because the heroes get the other upper hand again and the, the Brotherhood force um, the still-hypnotized portal to teleport them away again. And this weapons facility they're trying to get to is in Seattle. They're not... They don't teleport to Seattle. They're in some fucking warehouse or something hiding sleepwalker manages to find them and literally none of them notice except for fantasia she goes look a wisp of smoke and the stupidest fucking thing toad turns with his stupid smile looks at fantasia a mere atmospheric aberration my dear (laughs) i'm like what a mere atmospheric aberration my dear fantasia like what who says that like why would you not think anything fantasia is smarter than you I mean, we don't even, that's not even canon yet, but just, she's smarter than you. Like, he's just gotta be such a man about it. <laughs> anyway, but guess what? Sleepwalker fades away. They, they, she saw the atmospheric aberration because Sleepwalker went away. Do you know why Sleepwalker disappeared? He just went away? Uh, he's like a Freddy Krueger. That's his power. Yeah, he's a Freddy Krueger. His uh, sleeping version is... His sleeping buddy. His sleeping buddy, he's like a werewolf, but it's not his body, right? Is his body in bed? Yeah, his sleeping buddy, Rick and, Sheridan, and is in bed. his astral projection in his sleep gets to go around in Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Okay. That's a friggin' perfect way of explaining it. Okay. This is yeah, this is officially Halloween episode right now. <laughs> officially became a Halloween I've, episode. I've perfect n- timing. I've never even seen that movie. Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. We should watch it. Mm-hmm. I, um... Yeah, so that's why Sleepwalker disappeared, because his sleep buddy Rick Sheridan woke up. But at some point, Rick Sheridan goes to sleep again, so Sleepwalker gets to come out and do his Freddy Krueger thing. And he he gets Starhawk's attention and leads him to the Brotherhood. So there's another big fight. Fantasia, I think this is where she she eye-beamed Sleepwalker, and that was neat. But then Darkhawk zapped her. The Brotherhood start getting their asses kicked, so they get Portal to make another Portal so they can run away. But Darkhawk stops Portal from following, so the team is gone, but Portal's left behind. So they lost their chance to go to their stupid, nefarious plan of Seattle weapons facility. I guess that's where they keep weapons in the United States. They're in Seattle, right? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I would have thought, it's... you know, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, uh, I I don't remember Soren having, like, mind powers. I thought he was just, like, a big bird who, like, Flew around and tried hitting you with his wings. Really? You don't remember the hypnotizing thing? No. Yeah, that was a thing. That's a thing of his. He doesn't do it often enough for me to remember that that's a thing that he does. Probably not too much anymore. I mean, again, how often does he show up? And Well, exactly. That's another part of the problem. Again, he's become, you know, more of a joke than anything else. Yeah. I mean, when I feel like at this point, when most people think of Sauron, they think, oh, his appearances in X-Men, the animated series, and also the fucking, but I don't want to cure cancer exactly. fucking thing. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of that story. The Brotherhood lost. Surprise to fucking prize. And it's interesting. You know, we've been talking about this shit for a while. This is all in the span of one year. You know, again, she, she, Fantasia first appeared on a cover in December of 91. 
And we just finished October of 92. The Brotherhood had a decent amount of appearances. Not, not a lot of development for them. They, we already said they're a villainous team and they're not going to be huge threats. But uh, her next appearance and the Brotherhood's appearance was in a Toys R Us exclusive comic that I picked up recently. <laughs> Because I own almost every Fantasia appearance, and uh, I, I found that I don't have this one. So I found it for more than it's <laughs> worth online. But it wasn't a major fucking purchase. $12. I don't really mind, honestly. You know, it's a piece of history. Bonus pyro content. True. So two for one. I was not uh, conscious enough. To know that places like Toys R Us, Hardee's, and Pizza Hut like had their own exclusive comics. So the That's thing like so weird because this is like ninety three. I was like one. The thing with this though, and... no, I wasn't even one. No, you weren't. Uh, you were half a one. The thing with this one though is so like I like Hardee's and Pizza Hut. You'd get like a meal or whatever, and it would come with that comic. Like at Burger yeah. King, you would get a toy, etc. Yeah. With with Toys R Us though, I I could be wrong about this. This might have come with an action figure because oh. they did do that, and it's they may still do that. I don't know. I don't think so. But I remember being at Toys R Us in like the mid two thousands, and they had a pyro figure which I still have, and it came with uh, a Daredevil comic featuring Pyro as the villain in it. Oh, that I don't know for sure if that's what this was, but maybe. In any case. The plot here is Gideon used karma. Do you remember when Gideon used to be a big deal? (laughs) He's another external making the externals happen. So Gideon used karma to infiltrate the X-Men, capture Xavier, Jean, and Psylocke. And when the X-Men find him at his base, uh, he uses the Brotherhood as defense. And so it's not, and it's not just them either. There was the Juggernaut and there was uh, Deadpool. Deadpool was there too. Uh, it's interesting. Remember when Deadpool was a big deal? Very early. <laughs> you know, this is very early in Deadpool's yeah. existence. It's, it's interesting to see. Yeah, he's only like a year older than me. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, there wasn't much going on here. You know, there was, there was a fight. Fantasia absorbed some of Archangel's wing spikes, which he called fleshettes, which makes me think. Fleshlights? <laughs> of course it does. But am I the only one, Patty? No. But this was a kind of an unfortunate appearance because it featured Fantasia for all of two panels. Well, I mean, I'll take what I can get, honestly. And so, yeah, it looked like she absorbed into the, the darkness of her open cloak, um, his fleshettes. And then this cyber sentinel, spelled P-S-I hyphen B-E-R <laughs> sentinel, comes online which the psychics that have been captured, they're powering it. And so like all of the villains fled, uh, except for Gideon. So yeah, so like you said, Fantasia was in like two panels, uh, didn't contribute really anything. And uh, yeah, the story was the story was dumb. Thanks, and men. The fucking uh, Gideon was using karma because he told her that he had her brother and sister and was going to kill them if she didn't help. And he provided no proof. So karma didn't question it at all. He, by the end of the issue, Gideon said, I'm, I was lying. I don't know where your brother and sister are. I never had them. Yeah. And so that Thanks, was it. Giddy. But you know what? It, it painted karma as dumb. It really did. And that's really upsetting. But I'm still, I'm glad as fuck that I own it. It's a weird piece of history. And it's mine. <laughs> it's, it's mine now. 
So great. So we're almost at some actual development. And I use that term actual development very loosely. <laughs> actual development for Fantasia. We're almost there. Oh, we're halfway there. Patty. Jonathan. <laughs> um, big issue, X-Force number 25, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantasia's face was on a computer screen. I'm, I'm happy for my she baby. She did it. She did it. She had her brown hair again. And uh, and half her mask was yellow. That's good. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Yeah, good for her. So, why do you think Fantasia wanted to fight heroic X-teams? Because, like a true prince, she wanted to purple rain on their parade. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? It sticks around while we take a quick commercial break. Hi, officer. Uh, I'm here to check if you've got any leads on my stolen car. It's been a week, and, uh... Huh? Oh, uh, a lead, sure. Uh, here's a lead right here. This, uh, this is a website. Oh, that's not just any website. That's geekade.com. I don't understand. My wallet was in my car, so my ID, social security card, and credit cards are all gone. They could have stolen my entire identity by now. Uh, maybe. But look... If you like podcasts about video games, TV shows, and Transformers, then Geekade.com is right up your rally. I actually do like those things. And it looks like Geekade even has YouTube and Twitch channels. They sure do. Plus an archive full of articles about Pokemon, comic books, wrestling, and anime. Geekade.com sounds like an amazing website. Too bad my phone was in my car, too. Hey, listen, kid. Everyone's got problems, okay? I was supposed to get a $55,000 raise this year, but I'm only getting $50,000. I'm not going to be able to get that bear rug for our house in the mountains. Sometimes life just ain't fair. Oh, excuse me. Hey, Richie. Take that dumb mask off. Facebook says it's a hoax. Defund the police because all cops are bastards. And check out geekkid.com today. All right, now that we're about to get into the good stuff, Patty has opened her purple drink, which could not be more appropriate right now. Yeah. All right, so uh, what comes next is some of the best development that Fantasia has ever gotten. I am very excited to talk about this, too, because um, I'm going to talk more about our discussion with Nicieza at... Uh, New York Comic Con, and also what Claremont contributed to uh, to this. So it's going to be fun, right? So, okay. Uh, September 1993, X-Men Unlimited Volume 1, Number 2. There is a short story in the middle of this comic that features the Brotherhood on a boat. They're not dressed up in their normal villain costumes. Pyro's wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt. Pyro, Pyro is a barbecue dad. <laughs> it was so cute. He had a little, little ponytail going on with his blonde he was, hair. He was throwing some uh, shrimps some on the barbie. Shrimps on the barbie. Okay. That's, that is is really cute. There, Fantasia's wearing a bikini. She a is purple bikini. wearing a purple bikini. And it is very telling of the time because... Yeah. Of how the bikini was. The high waist. The, it wasn't high. Well, it was like the you... sides were high. Yeah. It like went up really high. It was yeah. really weird. It is. Nobody would wear a bathing suit like that today. No, no, not today. But in the 90s, absolutely. And yeah, so so, uh, so she's wearing a purple bikini. And she's reading a book on astrophysics. And she's reading a book on astrophysics. She is. In her downtime, on vacation, she's reading a book on astrophysics. She is a smart lady. She is a fucking genius and she's got these like purple smoke things coming from her eyes it is beautiful she's a beautiful lady and guess what else what toad calls her eileen 
Oh, now she has a name. Her name is not Fantasia. That is not what her parents named her. They named her Eileen. Oh. Come on, Eileen. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, they wrote it about Fantasia. Uh, so, so yeah, she suddenly senses that someone, something is coming. The disruption of the electromagnetic field is like a slap in the face. And it's Exodus. Um, he calls her Eileen Harsaw. Now she has a last name, wow. too. In one issue, Fantasia one issue, got both she got a full name. Uh, first and the last name. Uh, so, so he's the ferryman to take mutant kind on a journey to a better place. So he arranged this meeting. That's what the Brotherhood was doing out there on a boat for this meeting. Magneto offers refuge, a haven, a home, a sanctuary. But not for all of them. Just Eileen. Just Eileen. Because she's the strongest And one. she looks so cute. She looks so taken aback. And she's got like her hand on her chest. And she's like, me? Why just me? And Exodus says, because you are the only one he has deemed worthy. Oh my God. The shade. She is like Thor. In my book, she is on par with Thor. And Toad and Pyro got mad at that. Real mad. And, okay, we can all uh, extrapolate why Toad wasn't invited. But why not (laughs) Pyro? Pyro is really strong. Well, And Pyro said, well, why not me? I'm a strong guy. And Exodus said, you would have been considered if you had not become tainted. Ooh, foreshadowing. What's that mean? Foreshadowing. Ooh, taint. No, not the fun kind of taint. Oh, no, that, <laughs> that will be explained later too, his taint. Yeah, I would love to talk about Pyro's taint, but <laughs> not this kind of taint, unfortunately. This is a sad taint. So uh, Fantasia thinks about it and she says no, but... It's not really made sure why she says no. Uh, it seems like she just wants to kind of hang out with the guys. Maybe. She doesn't want to, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not really given a reason. We asked Nisiez and he was like, uh, because you had to stay on the team. I don't know. That's <laughs> not what he said. Well, yeah, so you can see, like, the doubt, the nervousness, and, like, a panel or two. And then she says no, no. And she, like, looks sad about her decision. And Exodus is just like, okay, farewell. May your coming deaths be painless. And then he just fucking leaves. And again, all the guys are angry. And Fantasia just looks sad. She's staring off the side of the boat. And, you know, I mean, I asked Nisieza about this last weekend. And, like, I, I'm, I went into that thinking, like, is this dude really going to remember this minor character, this silly decision from, like, this many years ago? I mean, yeah, this was a major X-Men storyline. But, you know, does he remember this Little plot point about this minor team? Probably not. But he gave me something, and I'm very happy about it. He said that, you know, her reason was because she knew Toad. She knew the Brotherhood. She knew that, you know, they weren't, like, super big bad, super powerful, and she was comfortable being on this team. She didn't know Magneto, and she knew that he was super powerful, a super big bad, And she was kind of scared and nervous to just leave what she knew to go off in space with this big, powerful guy that she doesn't know. And, you know, that's where that doubt came from. And for me, it's fine. That is as fine of an explanation as I can expect. I I mean, again, this is such a minor fucking thing. When we met him years ago, he kept calling her Phantasm. But I mean, the dude's still a writer. And even if he completely made that up on the spot, which is likely, it's fine for me. I'm fine accepting that. Makes yeah, me happy. Yeah, he had to come up with some reason, so. Yeah. And, uh, and, and still, it's it's interesting 
But also, you know, I think about how, you know, she's she's on this team and there's a reason why they're on a boat off Key West, not just to meet Exodus there, but they in, in the next issue that sort of continues this situation, it's an X-Men Annual Volume 2, Number 2, and we've talked about this issue before. And I think we've talked about Unlimited before, too. The revelation that Pyro has the legacy virus, which was yes. a big thing going on um, and still new at the time. So yeah, so they're at the mansion of Jonathan Chambers uh, on an island off the Keys, and you see Avalanche and Commando trying to sneak in, and then all of a sudden their sensors are scrambled. And one of them says, there's a flux in the electromagnetic spectrum. Who could possibly be doing that? Which very specific mutant has that very specific power? Fantasia. The Brotherhood are, are there. Yeah, so, I mean, they fight very briefly. But Jonathan Chambers comes out. This is his big fucking mansion. And he tells him to stop. And Pyro and Avalanche have a reunion. Uh, they're talking out on the balcony. And, you know, Pyro's coughing. And, you know, Dominic is just glad to see him. Glad that he's okay. Fantasia asks Toad... Uh, oh, it, it can Avalanche really help Pyro? And Toad says, like, not physically, but with any luck, emotionally. And Blob goes, are they kissing yet? And Fantasia goes, why, Fred? Are you jealous? And, I love that. And Fred goes, what I am is sick of your snide attitude, Miss PhD. Patty. That's a doctor PhD to you. <laughs> Fantasia. Fantasia is a doctor of PhD. A doctor of PhD. <laughs> Good job. She has a PhD. What do you think she might have a PhD in? Uh, electromagnetism. <laughs> in ast- Bioelectricism. Bioelectricism. I don't. I don't fucking know. Bio- She's reading a book on astrophysics. There you but go. This is this is really. Uh, that was a really funny uh, exchange because. Uh, well, obviously, I shipped them. She looked so cute. But too, when she was smiling when she said it to him. Yeah, she was just so <laughs> smug. Like, oh, why you got a problem with gay boys? Look, fucking bash your face in. Seriously. And also, like, I feel like this was. Uh, it was kind of fitting, I guess, that Pyro was the one that got the legacy virus because it was kind of implied that Pyro was supposed to be gay. Yep. And this was, you know, during the AIDS crisis. Well, I mean, they're still early, early, early on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say the hype, but around there. And uh, the legacy virus kind of coincided with the timing of that yeah. to, uh, you know, kind of translate it into, well, what if this was happening to comic book characters? Yeah. So I don't know. It could have been implied that, you know, okay, so the avalanche is helping him, like, emotionally. Maybe they're involved together. Right. So it was a, it was a sad revelation, though. Well, so and so the thing with this is, I asked both Nicieza and Claremont about it because yeah. I really just wanted them to confirm it. And, you know, I mean, Nicieza pretty much did. But he said, you know, because of the comics code and editors and stuff back then in the 80s and early 90s, you you couldn't do that explicitly. So he mentioned Pyro and Avalanche and he also mentioned Black Tom and Juggernaut. Yeah. You know, that that's as close as, as you could get. And I asked, um, I asked him if he would draw. I mean, Nicieza wrote this issue, and I asked him if he would draw some hearts over the two of them talking, and he did. <laughs> and I thought I would, I would take a shot and ask Claremont if he would too. And I couldn't believe that Claremont actually did. He actually added a bunch of hearts over Pyro and Avalanche on the same page that Nicieza did of the two of them talking, and. You know, I mean, I had to kind of schmooze Claremont into doing this because he didn't have anything to do with this issue. 
this was a couple of years after he left the X-Men. Um, but I'm like, listen, you created these characters. And, you know, I was just trying to suck up to him. And so it was funny. I wanted him to draw a frowny face on the panel that Pyro pulls uh, like the his suit aside to reveal his neck with the legacy virus infection where you can like see the physical effects of it. And he didn't do that. But what he did is he wrote some dialogue in my comic because you see Beast talking to Pyro as Pyro reveals it. And so underneath the panel, Claremont wrote Beast saying, have you ever heard of a wandering isle named Krakoa, dear boy? Just what you need. And then a dash and then Dark Beast. And then he didn't even sign his name next to it. He wrote Chris Claremont next to it. And, th- and that was wild. I just, I can't believe he did that. Uh, I'm not mad. <laughs> it's funny. And it's, it's really interesting. And you got some original X-Men dialogue. From, yeah, from Chris Claremont. Uh, that was, that was just crazy. You know, at that point in the story, the X-Men had already showed up to the island and there was a big fight. And unfortunately, Fantasia didn't really do anything in it. Yeah, there was a big brawl. There was this one beautiful page of Pyro making this huge fiery demon. But Fantasia is literally just standing there. You've got Gambit, Psylocke, and Revanche fighting um, the Brotherhood. And Fantasia just stands there. And then Psylocke manages to get behind Fantasia and a telepathic blade through the back of the head. And I was just upset. I mean, yeah, Fantasia had her moment in this issue. But again, you know, you're fighting these X-Men. You couldn't do something to any of them you couldn't even maybe float above one of them i i don't i don't know yeah, it was it was uh it was lame but then uh, like chambers tells them all to stop like the x-men had no reason to even attack the brotherhood they were just there they were both there in the same place and they just started fighting and i was like but why this happens like all the time like fight first ask questions later that is like the X-Men motto. Well, and then they realize, oh, we didn't have to be fighting. Oops. Like, yeah, exactly. Because they were talking their shit out afterwards when when Pyro revealed he had the virus. And they're questioning what Chambers is doing because Chambers had revealed that he had powers to siphon other mutant powers and that it was actually like easing Pyro's pain. And so there was a lot of dialogue between all of them. And the X-Men eventually left without doing anything they let them be but it was so stupid the x-men were like arguing like oh he's he's just using you and you don't know what else he's doing and and like how you know why would you let him do this to you why wouldn't you do xyz and pyro was like no it's it's my choice yeah i i know i'm dying and i am in constant pain you don't know what it's like if this is what i want to do you have no right to tell me anything and revenge basically said the same thing like all of you guys shut up you don't know what it's like you know every person has to make their own decision based on what's best for them and you know you can't dictate what other people do especially if they're dying or whatever and uh then she revealed that she also has a legacy virus yeah so this was this was a heavy issue it was also particularly heavy for me because it's it's pyro and we found out that my baby was dying so after 1993 fantasia didn't get a whole lot in comics. Surprise, surprise. She next appeared in Factor X, number one, which for those of you who don't know is Earth 295. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it is the Age of Apocalypse. She appeared in a handful of panels in this one issue. Uh, This was like really a, a deeper introduction to the elite mutant force and Dark Beast. You know, these were the the less powerful mutants 
who were just mutant fodder for Dark Beast experiments. So you see Pyro, Avalanche, these other mutants, Artemis and Newt, uh, along with Fantasia, trying to escape uh, the the pens. Obviously, the elite mutant force, which consists of Cyclops, Havoc, Northstar, and Aurora, they're all caught. Cyclops is a cop. Cyclops is literally a cop. Uh, at least he starts out that way in the Age of Apocalypse. They're all caught, and they're turned into genetic soup, and it's <laughs> really fucking sad. Uh, a little different here, though. She's not wearing any purple. She was bald, and she had no irises, and she's got the wisps of purple smoke coming from them so yeah so so it was really just a very minor appearance but that was her contribution after this oh boy uh x-men time gliders which is your hardy's never heard of this before your hardy's comic book yes Uh, if i as i mentioned before (laughs) there were hardy's and pizza hut comics um i don't know how anybody would have gotten access to this because there are no hardy's in like the northeast or at least there are none let me see. I was on, uh, the, uh, where did I get them? Roy Rogers? Oh, is that also Hardy's? Is that owned by the same people? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. Is that chain even still around? No, I Damn. don't think so. Hardy's is still around? Hardy's, yeah. The closest one is Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I had seen commercials as a kid, and I was like, sure. I've never even seen or heard of RB, uh, of Hardy's. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, shit's difficult, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these came out. Uh, in December of 95. So I I sort of assume that this is an alternate universe. But at the same time, this follows... It takes into account the events of X-Men Annual Volume 2, Number 2. This is the only, as far as I know, the only other story that ever featured Jonathan Chambers. And the story here is based around the legacy virus. It's yeah. A, it's a really dumb story. It's It's really bad. But Fantasia has she appears in a couple of panels and she even has a fight later on so basically what's happening is at empyrean's mansion they're spying on the x-men sure beast is looking for a cure for the legacy virus sure beast's solution is to make a time machine so they can go back to the past and destroy it before it gets loose oh but this time machine is like a scooter (laughs) it's like a toboggan it's called a time glider yes Time glider. Very, very 90s. Time glider, yeah. Remember when Beast loved going back in time and fucking around with the past? I sure do. uh... When did he stop? (laughs) So it's funny because Empyrean is like, no, they're going to fuck with with time. Even Empyrean is like, Beast, you jackass, why would you do this? You're going to fuck with the time stream. But really, it seems like Empyrean just wants the legacy virus to actually happen. So he can yeah. accumulate the powers of dying mutants. Yeah. But so anyway, again, Fantasia is just on like a panel or two in this issue. And the same thing happens with X-Men Time Gliders number two. The X-Men travel to Empyrean's compound. He tells Fantasia and Avalanche to go kill the X-Men if they have to. And the X-Men that, that are on screen, on, on the screen there, are Cyclops, Rogue, and Storm. And I'm like, what? Fantasia and Avalanche are going to kill them? Fantasia does not kill any one of them. Avalanche does not kill any one of them. Uh, issue three, Fantasia doesn't show up on panel. All right, and then we get to issue four, and Fantasia actually gets to do something. <laughs> so uh, at the end of issue three, there's like a beam that comes out of nowhere and hits Storm. Uh, we find out in issue four that that was Fantasia. Yay! Uh, Storm was knocked into the water. She gets washed up on shore, and... Uh, Storm creates some lightning and Fantasia goes 
Please. You think you're the only woman with power around here? Try this on for size. And then nothing happens. Storm zaps her with lightning and says she's fortunate the X-Men don't kill as she walks away. And there's this big close-up of Fantasia's face, and she's got this really creepy smile on her face. And uh, and she zaps Storm and knocks her out. And then has this weird internal monologue, wondering if they're doing the right thing by helping Empyrene. Trying to shove in some character development. This comic is a lot smaller than regular comics, too. Like, the print and everything is a lot bigger. So it takes like two seconds to read these issues if you're, you know, not five. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, all right. So there's another, there's a big fight. Obviously, Fantasia's not going to take Storm out of commission. Storm gets up and takes Fantasia out with a small tornado. It was kind of funny. It's like, you know, going horizontally from Storm to Fantasia. And you just see Fantasia's hair whooshing forward as her body's getting knocked back. I also thought it was interesting, too, that for the most part, aside from the hair, Fantasia was drawn pretty consistently throughout her time. There were a couple of panels where that graffiti yellow skull thing disappeared. But I noticed that in this story, her cloak was more form-fitting than wide. Yeah, it looked a little weird. I don't know. There was something... uh... A little weird about how it looked, I think, in this. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so then uh, the the actual story that was happening was <laughs> it, uh, uh, Jonathan Chambers stole the prototype uh, scooter that Beast <laughs> made. Um, and Beast was like, oh no, I have to hurry and quickly make another one while the X-Men deal with this. And he made another one that actually works. Uh, and he used it to teleport to Florida, and then um, they were, like, fighting in the room with the prototype, and it was, like, too late. Uh, Jonathan Chambers is going to have a Crimson Commando ride it to test to see if it worked, and then it was like, no, I have to leave now or else there's no hope, and then Jonathan Chambers gets on the on the scooter, and he he's gone. He just disappears. He just disappeared into the time stream, and then it just shows him sitting with the scooter in like dinosaur times, and he's just like, "No!" And I am pretty sure that was the ending for Jonathan Chambers. Yeah, I don't remember if he ever came up again. No, he did not. I told Nicias of that, and Nicias just said, "Good." <laughs> That's so weird. I didn't even understand what he was trying to do with absorb whatever. <laughs> whatever it's It's fine best not to think too much about it okay i'm glad that fantasia got a little bit of time on panel even if it's like you know okay you're gonna go up against storm yeah sure good good luck that was her last appearance in the 90s she didn't show up again until the mid 2000s i wasn't able to find these i'm sure i could find them and buy them if i wanted these marvel encyclopedias but i don't i don't care about the encyclopedias I don't even really care about the handbooks too much, honestly. She uh, apparently showed up in um, an X-Men encyclopedia and the Spider-Man encyclopedia, which would make sense because she's an X-Men villain. And also she did fight Spider-Man. I don't have those. I don't have access to see what her bio said or anything in there, or if she just appeared in them as part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Like, look, this was Toad's Brotherhood. This is what was happening. But she did show up in House of M the main series as it was going on in 2005. She didn't really contribute anything, but it's wild that Bendis, who wrote this, took this villain who hadn't appeared on a page in a decade and put her in here. 
is really fucking wild to me. So House of M, number six, in October 2005, she was a member of Magneto's Red Guard. Uh, and she was the first to notice that an attack was coming by heroes. I think she was only in two panels. You see her, like, look towards, you know, the, the camera. Blob says, uh, what's wrong, Fantasia? Uh, and she just says, uh-oh. And then, you know, a giant sentinel attacks with a ton, a ton of heroes jump out of it. So then the next issue, House of M number seven, she's in like one panel in this issue. Um, there's like a big fight, I think, on a splash page. Uh, the design, she doesn't like look like, you know, her 616 self. She's got this helmet. You can see her face. I couldn't tell if her hair was part of the helmet or not. I, I don't really know. She didn't have a mask on, didn't have a cloak, um, but it was her. She was there in the, in the House of M as part of Magneto's Guard. All right. How do you like that? Sure. I don't remember even seeing her in there. <laughs> yeah. If, if if Blob hadn't like said her name or if, you know, the wiki page didn't show me the picture of her, I might have missed it too. It's, you know, I mean, it's it's not super obvious. And then her next appearance is New Avengers Volume 1, Issue 16. Not even an appearance. It's a mention. It's a mention. It's a sad fucking mention, Patty. Maria Hill is talking to Tony Stark and said, All of a sudden, the mutant gene doesn't exist to millions of people where it once had. And all I have is a babbling idiot named Eileen Harsaw muttering the words House of M over and over in her padded cell. God fucking what happened heartbreaking can we can we please get this backstory <laughs> all right so so here's here's the thing so yeah this was right after house of m concluded and yeah we find out that joe quesada thought that there were too many mutants in the marvel universe we need to, we need to get rid of a bunch of them and we're gonna make it a woman's fault so that's exactly what happened. And we don't see anything on panel. It's just this one mention. Did Fantasia lose her powers? It just sounds like this drove her it, it it drove her crazy. And she's in a padded cell now. And and so, you know, obviously this storyline, the the aftermath continues for a bit. So two issues later in New Avengers 18. There's only an image of her on a computer screen, and her name is there, Fantasia. So this dude, Michael Pointer, absorbed all the energy from depowered mutants after M-Day. He eventually went on to call himself Omega, even joined the X-Men. He became friends with Mimic. You saw him uh, for a little bit on and off in uh, X-Men Legacy, and so that was neat. But this is where he shows up. But this confirms that she lost her powers. And this is... This is the last mention of her in continuity uh, in the 616 universe. Um, she is in a padded cell, and she lost her powers. This was June 2006. So, so upsetting. It wasn't her final appearance, but it was her final appearance in the 616 universe, and no writer has ever done anything with her since, not even a background panel. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. All right, so but a couple more things. You got a couple more things to say here because she did show up in an official handbook of the Marvel Universe. She showed up in two of them, actually. Uh, nothing spectacular here. The, what, what gets me upset, though, is the misinformation here. So so everything, okay, formally, brother, Toad's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, they got the whole bio. Everything looks fine. Whatever they want to do, I, I don't care. She's 5'5". Five, five, 
Good height, 111 pounds. Okay, fine. But it says that she possessed at least a limited ability to teleport. What? Point where? Point to any appearance in her history, Marvel, where she has teleported. Because that is bullshit. She's not a teleporter. Listen. Also, how is her intelligence only a four? How is her? Four, four is, I believe, average human intelligence. It's a little bit higher. But but having a PhD in astrophysics, no. Well, she should have like at least a five. A five. I would agree. I would say a five. Um, You know, the highest is at seven, I think. Five is good. Not a four. I agree with you. But still, that entire... And then underneath Stupid. this, in red, it says Fantasia is a teleporter. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Not even in a limited capacity. In fact, that dumb Darkhawk, Sleepwalker, Spider-Man story was all about getting portals. Exactly. All about getting and making portals. It's not a teleporter. I should get a prize. <laughs> um, but look at this. These handbook appearances are from 2006. And then there's a 2008. And then a 2009. So they know about her. Yeah, they know about her, right? I, I mean, honestly, this is... She's not even a D-list character. She is a fucking Z-list character. I would think with her minor appearances, you could easily flip through and, and look up what she did. You know, some editor of this or writer of this just didn't remember and just assumed, or I, I don't know the conversations behind this, honestly. <laughs> it's just easy for me to to, you know, shake my fist at the heavens over this. And any other X-Men fan would look at this and be like, you know, oh, she's a teleporter? Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Or it wouldn't even, who, Fantasia? Who? You know, I mean, any other reader would look at this and think that to themselves. Um, but it's me, you know, the guy obsessed with this character. Anyway, so her very last appearance anywhere ever was actually not that long ago. It was May 2014. And we don't know the universe in which this takes place. We assume it's not 616, but this was an original graphic novel called X-Men No More Humans. Basically, Ray's Darkholm had this plot to get rid of all the humans on Earth and take all mutants from alternate realities and pull them onto this Earth. So all mutants could live on this one Earth without any humans and, and whatever. Okay, so Krakoa. Sort of, but without the unity, essentially. So Fantasia didn't contribute much. She appeared in a few panels. Now, the artist on this was Salvador LaRocca. I guess he tried his hand at a redesign. The mask was sort of the same, but it also had a complete head covering. And her hair sort of stuck out a little bit uh, on the sides and from the back in a very unflattering way. Also, it was not her normal cloak. It looked like a cape was coming out from under some armor, but her proportions were really off. Ew, what? She's so fat. And I don't think she's fat. I think the proportions are just off. That's armor. She only shows up in like one other panel there where she's facing to the side and she looks really weird. There were about... No, there's another one of her straight here. They made her shoulders look really wide. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and there's another one of her though, after that to the side. So I guess three panels. There's about a dozen members of the Brotherhood. Uh, that's Pyro. Pyro's redesign is kind of interesting. He reminds me of Fireman from, uh, um, from Mega Man 1, honestly. But it's not, it's not bad. Um, but Fantasia's redesign is just awful. And there's a big fight between the X-Men and Raze's Brotherhood towards the end of the issue. And, uh, and she's not even involved. And yeah, and so, so that was it. That, that's literally it for Fantasia. 
uh, over seven years ago with her, her last is. parents. Yeah, facing the side, right? Yep. They said, look how her hair is coming out of coming out of that. Oh, that's so bad. It is so bad. And again, I'm not a big fan of his art. So that's it. That's it for Fantasia. She's a super fucking mysterious character, potentially powerful. Obviously, we've concluded that she's been nerfed for a reason. Uh, she's clearly very smart. And there's a lot of potential, and I'm, I've talked about this occasionally over the years we've been doing this podcast, is that I am drawn to D-list characters because of the potential that they have. Here she is. Oh my knocked God, Patty, she, she's knocked out. Uh, wow, good eye on who you. Who did that? Nobody knows. Nobody knows <laughs> who fucking did that. So, so okay, four panels in this issue. <laughs> uh, I'm super interested in D-list characters because of the potential that they have um we've seen cyclops wolverine gene emma xavier so many, times. so many characters go through all this stuff and it's not that i don't want to see them How i many do fucking wolverine stories do we need though i do really? want i do want to see a lot of these characters continue to go through things and continue to be featured in stories but also give me more um depth to these dealers characters put them through something give them vulnerable moments Give me little teases, you know? Like, like that boat thing. Like the astrophysics. Yeah. Pyro has written fucking romance novels. What? That's amazing. Okay, let me know more about that. Right? Um, Like how Duggan <laughs> took an excerpt from one of Pyro's romance novels and put it as a data page in Marauders. That's that's amazing. But give me more of that. Give me more of, of her. Now, listen, if she has a PhD in astrophysics, she's super fucking smart. She could join Sword. She would work perfectly in the Sword comic. She no, would, but it's so bad. She would work well. I like it. She would work perfectly in that capacity. Uh, don't like that. Where Where would she go? Uh, to fucking Marauders. Yeah, she can be on a, on a boat again and hang out with Pyro. Exactly. If that doesn't work, okay, that's fine too. It would just. You know, I mean, again, she's she's put just... her on uh, X Factor. I don't know. Maybe she can find people. Put her on X Force. She can yes. kill. She can kill people. Yes, that's fine too. Uh, that would be amazing. She can fuck up machinery. She can turn other mutants' powers off. Uh, she can paralyze she can humans. Be- beast's brain off. She could turn beast's brain off. They could send her up to Orcus, and she could turn some of their machines off. She would work perfectly there. Yes. So these are all amazing ideas and it's just up to a writer to do something and bring her back and now i'm i'm no i'm just harping on this one mutant and there's so many other mutants who are d-list and much more well known than her and aren't being used in comics now so why would any writer choose her over say boom boom who's not thank you who's not appearing in a a regular comic right now or over uh, give me another guy or over strong guy who's not appearing so the chances are very slim but i do have faith that a writer will put her somewhere. Uh, you may not like Sword, uh, but Al Ewing has taken a bunch of <laughs> very background D-list characters and put them in that book, like Peepers, Wiz-Kid. like Wizkid, like Peepers, Burner. Who knows Peepers or Burner? Or Bur- I mean, nobody fucking knows, but he's Z-list too. And even he showed up in a panel not too long ago. So I do have faith that some writer someday will put Fantasia in a book. And now is the perfect time because, I mean, she's depowered. If they want to keep it that way, they could show her going through Crucible. So I'm sure she'll she'll show up somewhere in the background one of these days, someday. But for now, she's not. So for now, I'm going to make my own stories up about her. 
Uh, did you guys know that Fantasia is a lesbian? Fantasia is a lesbian. I'm confirming it right now. As a lover of Fantasia, since no other writer is doing anything with her, that PhD stands for Fantasia Hates Dicks. Fantasia <laughs> is a lesbian. How do you like that? Patty, what you got for Fantasia? Let's make it canon right now. What else uh, Fantasia do? Uh, Fantasia has a pet monkey. Fantasia has a pet monkey. Because why the fuck not? Why sure. wouldn't she have a pet monkey? Because sure. it helps her with her astrophysics. Yeah, she uh, she saw, um, she watched Friends when it was originally on in the 90s. Remember season one when yes. Ross had uh, Marcel, yeah. Marcel the monkey? Just vanished. Yeah. He, Never to be discussed again. No, well, they gave him to like a movie production company or something uh, like that because... Yeah, it was hard to train a monkey. It was that. a weird fucking thing to have yes. on this show about white Friends? people living in uh, New York City. Yeah. yeah. Sure. No apartment is gonna let you have a monkey. But uh, so destructive. So what happened was Ross had Marcel the monkey. Marcel the monkey went to movie production, and then Marcel the monkey went to Fantasia. Fantasia loves Monster Energy Drink. Patty, I'm just gonna start taking my traits and giving them all to Fantasia. Fantasia hates cops. Fantasia fucking hates the police. She absolutely hates the police. And uh, and she she hates uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. also because they're the police. She fucking hates S.H.I.E.L.D. Being in that padded cell, fuck that. No, Mm-mm. that's her worst nightmare. That is her worst nightmare. It's just making she her go that. more crazy. She hates, she hates S.H.I.E.L.D., but funny enough, she likes Sam Jackson. <laughs> she hates that he plays Nick Fury, Yeah, but she does love Sam Jackson. Pulp Fiction is her favorite movie. That'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us. And remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode 21 in two weeks when we discuss uprising and Cajun spice. And until then, Fantasia was right. And you can call her Dr. Fantasia. <laughs>